0: This is Bill Allerton from Urban Tiger Radio. I hope you enjoyed being blown in by my good friend Steve Salfield playing Back Home from the Derbyshire Suite CD by Jet Collective. Lovely, gentle track like the gentle rolling hills in Derbyshire where I travel through several times a week just to get breakfast. It's an absolutely beautiful place. So if you don't know Hathersage or anywhere around the Peak District of Derbyshire, get yourself out there, go and have a look. Hope for good weather, but the place is absolutely beautiful. What I'm bringing you this week is a CD called It's Not What You Say, It's What It Implies. This is a collection of poetry put together in 1999 by 30 different poets. These are all South Yorkshire poets, well just about all South Yorkshire poets, they either live here or are from South Yorkshire, and the idea behind it was that it was a collection of poems that weren't descriptive, or if they were descriptive it was quite oblique, so that it wasn't what it actually said, it was what was behind the poem, it was what it implies. I'll introduce the poets and the poems as we go along through here the first one coming up will be playing between the lines by sue atton
1: it's not what you say it's what it implies when you came home late on that still balmy night your tousled hair took away my defense you told me a tale of why you were home late was it the office party or the drink with the lads oh no it was a fight on the box in the tavern punch by punch and blow by blow you dramatically compared the scene you weren't aware I couldn't say then that the fight had been postponed that night so once again the gloves were left on the shelf it's not what you say it's what it implies you came home early and saw the iron and the board and freshly pressed clothes on the chair With haste in your pace, you sped to the seat and scattered the clothes on the floor. When Arthur came round for a beer and a chat, you said, She'll clear it one day. It's not what you say, it's what it implies. I strode into the room, and grasping a broom, I enthused on an item of news about the sad fate of a woman's mate, how, while he was snoring, she'd executed her goring, by a rapid repeat of blows to his head is not what you say is what it implies
0: the next poem will be chameleon words by frank keatley i remember frank very well very very nice chap
2: chameleon words change color in their flight what seems to be a compliment may really be a slight Chameleon words, behind which people hide, although they seem obvious, other meanings are implied. Chameleon words, Judas's betraying kiss, when they say, I love you, things may be amiss. Chameleon words, not mounted on an easel, sometimes may be as though spoken by a weasel.
0: The next poem is May Day, by Margaret Ardron.
3: May Day We hear the broadcaster's voice saying, At Chernobyl, near Kiev, a nuclear reactor has. The news comes over the car radio in measured tones, As we on the edge of day plunge forward into night's dark lung. Beyond our windscreened world, it seems the earth has shrunk, Red taillights of the cars in front warn us that we're too close. Oncoming strings of headlamps flash as they lunge past. They bore like barrels of a gun. Shot through the head we travel on. And now the rain begins to fall, repeats its code inside the brain. At first the dot, 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 and then the dash, dash, dash.
0: The next poem will be Have a Baby With You by Joy Nicholson. I remember Joy well. Lovely lady.
4: I want to have a baby with you. You could have blonde hair, black hair, blue hair. I really don't care. I want to have a baby with you. I want to have a baby with you and a pushchair with a Mercedes sports car. To drive him to crash, it's so far, I want to have a baby with you. I want to have a baby with you, or two two boys, one boy, one girl, twins would be nice, get the bump over with, course the twice the price. I want to have a baby with you. I want to have a baby with you. I need a mother's help or an naturally I'd have the live out lover it's only fair I want to have a baby with you I want to have a baby with you and after some years I'll take the house and file for divorce you won't notice the difference from the golf course I want to have a baby with you I want to have a baby with you. In later years we'll make amends. Our children won't expect the sex. We're only just supposed to be friends. I want to have a baby with you. I want to have a baby with you. I want someone to grow old with and someone to look after us. I want someone to run away with who'll jump on a bus to escape our children, their fights and divorces, their children, their pets and maybe even their horses, their runaway friends and all that life sense. You want to have a baby with me? Hmm. Let's have a dog.
0: The next one coming up is Music Stand. By Big Andy. I remember Big Andy too. Really big chap. Used to wear a a dark blue beret in a sort of army style.
5: You've been to a folk club or festival when the artist gets up on the stage and then he starts to tune his guitar. Takes him an absolute age. He's got an electronic thingy. You'd think he could tune it with ease. Except, of course, for the unfortunate fact the instructions are all in Chinese. Now, I don't have the same sort of problem. My squeeze box is always in tune. It may be in tune in some damned awkward keys, but what are you wanting? The moon? Now, I've got a faithful old music stand. It's served me for many a year. But the screws are all worn, and it won't stand up. I just want to cry in my beer. I remember the day I first saw it, standing proud and erect in the shop. I thought, if this carries my music, then I must be on my way to the top. I took it back home on the instant. It was English made, better by far. The instructions were clear, it all clicked into place, and my girlfriend thought I was a star. Now for years it was there to rely on. I'd erect it without any fuss. It stood rigid and straight, and it never fell down. Now for performance that must be a plus. When we were crawling the pubs it dismantled so neat, and with never a screw out of place. So at the next stop it was quickly in use which just brought a smile to me face. Now they say that time may be a great healer, but time isn't kind to one's metal. For the screws they wear, and the bolt holes grow, then the joints you've got to fettle. What was rigid and straight becomes wobbly and bent, and no longer clicks into place. What you used to stand up slides all over the floor, and you can't lift your head for disgrace. Its lovely gold plating had grown tarnished and dim, I thought it was time I should act. So I talked to a friend who was a good engineer, just to see how he would react. He spoke of replating and reaming and things. It all went straight over my head. But when he spoke of the cost, I thought this is the end. And my old music stand's finally dead. I lamented my woes to a friend at the club. He said, let's have a look at your stand. Oh, the gold's only tarnished. It'll come up with a rub and then the whole thing'll be grand. A new set of washers, a few drops of oil, and if you erect it with care and just take your time, there's no hurry, you know, then I think that'll make the repair. They say an old fiddle can play a good tune, although time may have mellowed the strings, and take it of experts, though not all the time, when they blind you with science and things. But if your old music stands needing repair, through tarnish and worn joints and such. Try music and laughter and friendship at first, but above all, the feminine touch.
0: Coming up then is Party Political Broadcast by Graham Rippon. I remember Graham well too. Very sharp, precise, very smartly dressed young man.
6: Good evening, my friends. I hope I may call you friends for we have so few. I represent the the not-quite-telling-the-truth party, a name that reflects our heartfelt and deep-rooted honesty and overwhelming desire to be absolutely straight with you, the gullible, I mean, intelligent voters, who are so dear to our hearts. Without you, where would we be? On a training scheme, possibly. I want to speak to you tonight about why you should vote for the NQTTTP and not one of the other parties. What makes us different? What sets us apart? Well, to start off with, our leader is not an out-of-uniform vicar. However, let us leave personalities aside for one moment. After all, we don't have any. The real difference is that you can trust us. That is why we call ourselves the not-quite-telling-the-truth party. Because we're upfront. We are honest. You know where you are with us. We lie all of the time. I tell you now, we shall lie to the end. We shall lie in the commons. We shall lie to our fishermen and farmers. We shall lie with growing confidence and increasing duplicity on television and radio. We shall defend our privileges with lies. We shall lie on the beaches and the cricket grounds. We shall lie in the fields and in the streets we shall never lie down, even when we tell the truth we shall lie, and that is the truth. Of our party it can be truly said, that never in the field of human communication have so many been lied to by so few. If ever a party was to be trusted, it is this one. What are our policies, I hear you ask? Yes, what are our policies? I tell you now, we do have policies, friendly, flexible ones, to suit any situation. And on these we will not be moved. Let me outline just a few of our key proposals. For a start, the NQTTTP will not raise taxes. Well why should we, when there are all those lovely allowances to get rid of first? You have nothing to worry about. We have no plans to extract money from your pocket. We will intercept it before it reaches your pocket, and what you don't have, you will never miss. It will therefore be painless taxation. What other party can make such a wonderful promise? With us, the pound in your pocket will still be the pound in your pocket. Unless it's the Euro, of course, which brings us to the subject of the European Union. What is our position on Europe? Rest assured, we have a very specific position. Even as I speak, our honourable leader is preparing to negotiate with our continental cousins by having his trouser knees reinforced. We have a policy for the arts. We will remove subsidies to elitist organisations. No more will mere talent be the criteria for government support. We will set up a People's Ministry for People's Art. We will staff it with people. And we will appoint a People's Favourite, Jerry Halliwell, as People's Minister for Artistic People's Artistic Affairs. Because you know that we know that you know, that she knows what we really, really, really want. Finally, education. We have approached Jeremy Beadle to set up a new schools literacy project. He has agreed and is already working on plans to replace writing materials with video cameras. This will be a giant leap forward into the white heat of cutting-edge infant technology and overnight obliterate the problem of children who cannot read or write. What other party can produce such a simple solution to the problem of illiteracy? So don't forget, my dear wonderful, wonderful voters. Don't be conned by those truthful parties. Vote for the party you can trust. Vote for the party that you know will truthfully tell you lies. Vote for the NQTTP. Good night, and thank you. Who
0: am I? By P. Crawshaw.
6: Who
3: am I? Firm and strong, protective stance. Deep groove for grip, and silent tongs, when we were two. Laces intertwined, drawn together, holding warmth, keep out rain, when we were two. Islets followed paths, watched ancestors graze, when we were two. Now there's only one, tanned lonely soul. Looks for its mate.
0: Next up is Life's Death by Pamela Naylor.
7: Time's troubled eye casting shadows on the mind Followed in the night by passing fairy light Trampled into dust, our dreams of us Lying there, dead and unaware Faces taut, barren of thought Passion long since fled no fondness left, slowly killing time till sunrise, dreaming dreams of a better life. That man can see straight through me, his mind made up before he even knew me. Now he'll never know, this gentle soul hiding within, afraid to know him.
0: Now here's a typical South Yorkshire poem, He That Does Look Bad, by Muriel Rogers.
8: Eee, that does look bad. I went on me holidays. I had a great time. Came on with a sun tan. I thought right fine. All aches and pains vanished. All fears gone. Tackled me housework. In no time it were done. Took dog for a walk. Met our Alice, are we? Stopped for a chat. It were a lovely day. She looked at me and sadly said, "'Ee, that does look bad.' "'I gaped at her, we hot mouth. "'I thought she must be mad.' "'Here I were, all healthy and tanned, "'feeling fine and glad. "'She said it again, her face still sad. "'Ee, that does look bad. "'I couldn't take it any more. "'Thought I'd best be kind. "'Well, are Alice, all I can say, "'I think you must be blind.' I've been to Greek Islands for 14 days. I feel happy and healthy. Now what do you say? I know, replied Alice. Please forgive me. That looks great and I'm glad. It were just jealousy.
0: We follow that with Fitness Fanatic by Maureen Hammond. Obviously doesn't describe me.
9: Feeling rather thirsty, I went to my local. At the bar was a man getting quite vocal, loudly declaring his body kept trim by having daily workouts at the local gym. Telling us he only ate healthy meals, we couldn't imagine how good he feels. Cholesterol isn't anything, he fears. He worships his body, it would last him for years. Healthy eating and lots of exercise, no one can doubt the am quite wise. So about my future, I haven't any fear. Pass me a fag and I'll have a pint of beer.
0: Another South Yorkshire poem is The Old Lag's Nightmare by Kath Fern.
9: The sounds surrounding the old lag make him cringe, slumbering fitfully in the square after a binge. Now he's hearing all too familiar sounds of screws doing their nightly lock-up rounds, the rattle of keys and slamming of the cell door. His arms waft feebly he can't take any more. He tries to stand up but falls flat on his face. Two biddies pass by murmuring, what a disgrace. Along comes a copper and pulls him up right. Gold, I thought I was back inside. What a flipping fright. Don't worry, old son, you were having a mare. What with the sounds of steel shutters crashing down everywhere. You thought you we were back in your favourite slammer. You've been giving the bevy too much hammer. After a lecture, the copper gave him a fag. Dragging deeply on the weed, as the fuzz moves off, he hitches up his pants, has a spit and a cough. Not bad for a sodding copper, thought the old lag.
0: We follow that with The Furniture Game by Christine Roberts.
10: She is a grandfather clock, tall and impressive, the face impassive only the eyes revealing how her heart ticks. She is an apple, sometimes sweet and sometimes sour. She is a guitar, strumming softly, but with sudden discord when wrong strings are plucked. She is a dagger, sharp and ready to wound, to stab before being stabbed. She is a dress, soft and feminine, ready to love and to be loved. She is a four-wheel drive, capable of knocking down all obstacles that get in her way. She is a wild rose, alone in a garden of weeds, lost and vulnerable, with only thorns to protect her from weeds threatening to strangle. She is a drink of whiskey, full of warmth and comfort, of a dangerous and hidden strength.
0: Snake, coming up next by Patricia Petras.
1: You can't hide it. You can't disguise the glint of malice, envy, lurking in your eyes. The deadly venom drips like poison, twisting your mind like a malady. Blighting friendship, killing me. Stinging words dart from a forked tongue. Numbing, paralysing, immobilising me. As you glide away, leaving me stunned. Why do you pretend to be a friend? When you really want to coil and constrict, weaken, crush me
0: tinsel and trimmings, It sounds quite seasonal, by Scott McGavin.
11: On Christmas Day in Robin town, the public houses closed their doors. Their custom ventured to their local, leaving the town with the homeless. There was one pub which opened its doors, a landlady opened her heart to the starving. He served them with a meal and a drink or two, sat with them and ate by their side. And that's why she did this, her answer she gave them. Christmas is not just tinsel and trimmings.
0: I know this next one well. This is The Animal Killer, a story from Brian e. Doran's Young Days.
12: He was an animal killer, I was his child. Kittens, with eyes still unopened, he would place carefully in a sack. I would follow him secretly down to the water's edge. Muffled, I could hear the kittens mew. High, he arched his arm and as darkness fell, the sack whirled the air, the water rippled and they were gone. He was a bird killer. I was his child. A blackbird, broken winged by the cat, I would lift gently and carry to him. Taking the bird, Firmly in his cupped hand, he turned towards the woods. I prepared a box with straw and worms. He returned, arms hung, gaze cast downwards. sullen faced I asked, Where is my bird? I broke its neck.
0: Bedtime is with us now, by Gillian Morag Smith.
7: I caught a glimpse of cellulite as I leaned across to say goodnight. Under nylon lay dimpled skin, grey bra strap fastened with a safety pin. Metal jaws hold your waves in place, and there's white stuff clotted all over your face. Your eyebrows need plucking, and so does your chin. God lass, you'll not see 21 again. But on cold winter nights when it's blowing a storm, i snuggle behind you and keep me sen warm, cos your bum's like a dovey, hanging over me knees. And if I didn't have you, lass, I'm sure I would freeze. So give me a squeeze, love, and put out the light, and I'll shut me eyes when I kiss you goodnight.
0: Anna Railton wants to allow us to let in her poem.
7: Let winter come and blow the summer sun away from the golden meadow's hay. Winds and rain will live again in soggy fields of muddy greens and browns and clouds frown down upon the ground where we used to play. Let worn and tired frames hold to the gains of fruitful knowledge and tomorrow's promise flushed with youthful gaiety, racing headlong towards the aging graces shown on the lonely faces coming in from the winter's cold. Let yesterday be warm to the holder of those gayer days where once we used to play and tomorrow's sun not yet being born afore yesterday sinks into the darkest recesses killing the souls once total and whole. Let me grow in highest esteem for love and patience not given graciously but with compassion for the pain and tears of torment suffered by you, whomever you may be, and for those who gave life to that place where we used to play.
0: Love with a question mark by Jean White
13: Love, question mark. Am I trying to kill you, giving you all these treats? Pies and dumplings, Yorkshire puds and all these stodgy sweets. Am I trying to kill you, spoiling you this way? Packing up and washing up and anything you say. Am I trying to kill you, humouring your crew? Sexist, racist, imperialists who somehow worship you. Am I trying to kill you? No, I love you to death.
0: My double follows that. By Ada Wilson
10: It's said that each of us has a double But that could lead to a lot of trouble For if I met someone the same as me I'd think, is that me? Nah, it cannot be I'd ask her, are you me or am I you? And think, what has my old dad been up to? I'd go to the shops and she'd be there And other people would stand and stare for they'd automatically think that I was her twin. When in fact we wouldn't even be kin. I'd look at her thinking, do I look like that? Am I really so ugly and am I that fat? I'd ask the Lord to make a correction and leave me alone with just my reflection.
0: We follow that. With trapped animals by a guy I've never heard of before, Bill Allerton. It was an animal whimpering at the door, or a bird caught and crying on a cold window sill. I switched off the torch, closed Buffalo Bill, then slid without sound from my bed to the floor. Cold, damp lido licked the soles of my feet as I went to the window to look down in the street to see if Scamp had come back but he'd been gone three months now, and I'd searched every road, everywhere, every way I knew how, and suddenly I knew, from where I was standing, that the sound I had heard had come in from the landing. The cold of the brass handle fitted my hand, and I turned its thin shell by pressing the door so it slid without sound, and the dark on the stair was whole and complete, a tangible thing that chastened my feet as I crossed on the carpet to sit on the step, to listen in silence to my own mother's voice as she cried like an animal caught in a trap. And the sound came again and again and each time grew louder and all I could do was wrap myself in my arms and cry silent tears and wonder how after all of these years he could hurt her like this time and again and ask If he loved her, like I do, and each time she cried out I could feel for her pain until they both cried at once and I knew that they'd stopped, and with my heart hammering out like the useless small fists that I wanted to rain down on his head, I crept back to cold bed, to sleep with no grace, and to know when she woke me the only scar she would bear would be the smile on her face. After that load of rubbish, we get Triumphs by Ian Richardson.
2: As you walk through the moorlands of life, a vintage of legends pass you by, your impish wit seeing you through, eyes flickering like a brilliantly faceted jewel, clouds gaze at you sidelong, unable to shade your beauty. The ghosts of your life try to touch your hand, Failed efforts cause double envy. Quenched in your triumphs, you take idiot notice of those who would
0: try to taint you. Then we have Hunger by Dorothy Chappell.
14: I saw him again today, although at first I wasn't quite sure, didn't really know. Then I saw it was him, The familiar headgear I recognised immediately. He saw me and with a broad smile and a wink said all right. Yes I replied. Are you? Not bad. See you soon. As I left him after a few minutes looking around to see if he was watching me I was hungry with the desperation of needing someone to take care of again. My family not needing me anymore, my children grown away, grown up, my grandchildren grown away, my brother, never even seen these days, my mother, yes, still with me yet. Not with me, if you understand, after suffering a cerebral hemorrhage. Later on, about an hour later, I came back to him to give him all the gifts that I could give, not to drop, this time, coppers into his upturned blue beret, but bearing Two hot sausage rolls and some fruit and a bottle of spring water. Fool that you are, I thought. He will probably toss them into the River Don. Hi again, he winked and stared at me. No lad, I thought. No more money today in your upturned hat. Here i have not much to spare myself promise promise me that you will eat and drink thinking but not saying the words from the confessional this eat this this is my body and this is my blood but However small and tawdry they are, do not throw them away.
0: Karen Davies brings us Turn Me On In The Morning.
15: There you are then, she says, as if I could go anywhere. It's late, well past nine o'clock, as if I have any choice. Let's get you going then, as if. I'm some machinery to be switched on. That's your hearing aid on anyway, she shouts, although I could hear her before. Your bag's full, better empty that first. At last, some sense, I've been bursting for hours. There, that's better, Oh, you're filling it up already. If I could hit her, I would. Now then, let's sit you up, she grimaces. I can't help it, young lady, if you find me too heavy. Now, what would you like for breakfast? It's no use saying a bowl of respect and two slices of dignity. Shall we just have the usual? The usual that suits you. You mean the quickest. OK, fruit, juice and porridge coming up. I want my hot tea. And kippers, and to be at home. I'll give you a nice bed bath afterwards. Set me up for the day ahead. Set you up for the day
13: ahead.
0: Choosing fruit is Jan Caborn.
13: He had such long fingers, burnished copper, amid glistening green peppers, sun-dimpled grapefruit. This is how to choose, he whispered, cradling cantaloupes, lovingly stroking. With each breath, his eyelids falling slowly, thick black lashes resting on the chestnut patina of silk soft African cheeks. This is how to choose. He spoke low, breathing in their aroma, nostrils, parted lips, Gently sampling their glowing skins. Quickened with inhaled zest, his eyes sought mine. He offered me ripe fruit. His fingertips set mine ablaze. This is what you desire. His liquid damson eyes flood mine with fire.
0: Welsh Jeff. One of my other podcasters comes in with My Great Uncle Albert. My Great Uncle Albert, who lived in the Rhondda and fought at the Somme, kept a service revolver in the back of a coal house wrapped in oily brown paper. So, if ever again there should come a caller to ask him to sign for his king and his country, he could kill him on the doorstep. Coming up next is one of my favourite people of all time, Doreen Bottomley. Sadly no longer with us, but an absolutely tour de force. The Buddha.
1: She rubbed the Buddha for
15: luck, replaced it on the windowsill, saw them hand in hand coming down the drive. We've come to tell you we're getting married on Saturday, her son said. The silence hung heavy. She'd throw that butter away as soon as they'd gone.
0: Quite appropriately following Doreen is someone who was Doreen's uh, living friend for quite some time. And they really looked after each other. And that's Roy Blackman with Collapse of a Family Firm.
16: I work for this family firm, body, body, body and body, the four directors were everybody, anybody, somebody and nobody, who were all sons of Billy Body, the founding body, the late body, who was now a dead body. The firm made Bodies, car bodies, bus bodies, fire engine bodies, tractor bodies, lorry bodies, red lorry bodies, yellow lorry bodies, red and yellow lorry bodies all over. Everybody knew there were financial problems. Nobody knew where the money went, it was anybody's guess. The shop steward Peabody thought it could belong to everybody and that upset somebody. Everybody's sons worked there but they were all nobodies. Somebody's daughter actually thought she was somebody but she was anybody's and everybody's and there was absolutely nobody who had been on the body with her according to all the busybodies. The end came over a two-minute job that cost the firm millions. Everybody knew it needed doing. Anybody could have done it, but somebody was off sick and nobody bothered. Me, I wasn't going to do it. I'm just a bodyguard. And I told everybody I'm not going to be nobody's dog's body for anybody. Now everybody's out of a job and I'm hoping somebody will find me some work with anybody.
0: And when you've stopped laughing at that, we have Behind the Signs by Mike Stannett.
11: I do not love to love, but rather to possess the forms of those whose form I would possess. Each close embrace corrupts, for all that fate abhors asymmetry. As with a vengeance like the wrath of angels dispossessed, the voice of man demands swift retribution. Who and how many have suffered this charm That carries damnation hid soft in delight? Or sat in the darkness, the solitude shining To show the way back through the soft, lonely night? I have become the destitute, cast adrift amid such glory As blinds the heart to sustenance And binds with subtle chains of hope The mind to grieving fancies. Consequence no longer feels to be inconsequential, and my own feelings too have been stopped up and damned.
0: Following Behind the Signs we have The Quiet Man by B. Rooney. The Quiet Man got off the
2: train at Ballygoon Station, walked the tiny platform towards a happy ending. Where, not so far away, and in Devil Era's time too, I spent long summer holidays that too quickly passed. Climbing stone walls, sliding down haystacks, running along the Boreen towards a new adventure. Now at Ballyblown Station, a washing line, a rusty track, lost Technicolor memories like a faded movie script.
0: And last but not least, we have Implication, by Ernest Mason. Have you ever stopped to consider how stupid the human race is? Look
2: how we live. Society is completely geared to folks selling each other things. I know we all need to buy certain things, or we'd soon be running around in rags. And we'd just get used to managing without food when we all drop down dead but there are limits. The point I'm making is that some folk will buy anything, absolutely anything. It doesn't matter how useless a product is, there is a market out there waiting to snap it up. If you opened a stall in the market selling willy warmers, there'd be folk queuing up to buy them. They'd be in all shapes and sizes, they'd have to be. Only the girlfriends would buy the right size. Men would never buy the little ones, preferring something they might grow into, even if it stuck out beneath the bottom of their trousers. Whereas wives, being afflicted with a vindictive streak, would always buy the smallest size available. But so they would, make no mistake about it. Now normally, I'm difficult to sell to. I'm one of those creatures who has to be surgically parted from his money. And even then, it has to be something of a national crisis to get me on the operating table. I never buy anything if it can be avoided. Whatever they're selling, I don't want it, never will want it, and can see no use for it whatsoever. However, let some dainty attractive female accost me on my travels particularly if she has an ample, well-endowed cleavage on display and a skirt split to her navel. Stockings, suspenders and French knickers are usually optional, particularly at the preliminary stage. But the merest hint of such delights could easily push me over the edge. Such a divine creature can sell me anything. It wouldn't matter what it was. I'm halfway to the dotted line before she ever opens her mouth. She smiles and the brain cell melts completely. A do-it-yourself castration kit, sir. Liz Hurley recommends them. I can't speak. The cell switched off the tongue and has flooded itself with lecherous thoughts and ambitious plans for wild afternoons of unbridled debauchery. Finally, I managed to mutter something like, what's it used for? If you sign up now, I'll come and give you a personal demonstration, says she, full of enthusiasm. Put me down for three. I can hear myself saying it now. I know I would. There'd be no stopping me. After all, I'm almost human. And what's a bloke supposed to do in circumstances like that? Fortunately, like any over married man. I'm not allowed to go swanning about on my own without suitable supervision. The bowl and chain is always lurking nearby and is able to step in, rip up the forms I've just signed, take me by the ear and drag me off to where I can come to no harm. You see, it's not what these sales girls say to you, it's what they imply that gets you into trouble.
0: And by implication, that ends the CD. And that sort of sums it up. So I hope you enjoyed these, and I hope you'll continue to listen to the rest of our podcasts. And I'll now allow Steve Salfield to play us out with Back Home. Thank you for listening. Please try and remember to rate our show before you leave. If you like it, go and click that little like button. We'll all thrive on that so thank you very much and I'll see you again soon bye